Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Welcome back, and I want to pray for each and every one of you. Father, I thank you for ears to hear, for eyes to see, for hearts to be opened, to understand you, to understand your love. Lord, we receive healing today. We receive deliverance today. We receive breakthroughs today. We receive people into the kingdom of God today. Thank you that every family is blessed. Every person is blessed. Thank you, Father, that every dream that is in the hearts of each and every person, the dreams you've put there, the the things that eye has not seen yet, ear has not heard yet, all this entered into the heart of man, all the things that you've prepared for us who are loved by you and who love you. And we thank you for bringing those dreams and those things prepared, bringing them to pass in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I want to get into God's word with you, and I really want to share six precious and powerful words. There are six words that I want to say to you today. There are six words that are power filled, not just powerful, but they're power filled. They're precious words. They're power filled words. They release power in your life. These six six words that I want to share with you today will answer everything that you ever face. These six words will be the words that you can use when sadness overwhelms you, when fear tries to grip you, when anger tries to control you, when money tries to escape you, when sickness tries to weaken you, when people have betrayed you, when shame tries to corrode you, when guilt tries to defeat you when Satan tries to condemn you. These six words will bring you the answer that you need. These are the six words that I want you to remember. These are the six words that I want to permeate your thinking with. These are the six words that will get you out of anything. These are the six words that will make you feel what God intended for you to feel. These are the six words that will fill you where you're empty. These are the six words that will heal you where you're hurting. These are the six words that will inspire you when you're falling. These are the six words that will answer you every time that you need an answer. Wouldn't you like to know those six words? Well, here they are. They're found in the following passage of John, chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus says to his disciples, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And then he says in verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hands. You say, well, I thought you said six words, Pastor. Those are like 60. (laughs) But I want you to see this in verse twenty nine. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. So just want to zero in on those six words about the father. My father is greater than all. These are the six words that I want you to get a hold of. These are the six words that will 
deliver you from anything. My father is greater than all. You know, as we celebrate Father's Day, we obviously celebrate the fathers in our lives, the fatherly figures in our lives. But more than anything, the thing that will fill your heart is these words. And I want you to see this and I want you to let this permeate. My father is greater than all. My father is greater than all. I want you to say that out loud. Say my father is greater than all. This is your heavenly father. And Jesus understood what the father was like. In fact, Jesus came to reveal to us the father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He said, I'm the way, the truth and life. What is he the way, the truth and the life to? He's the way to the father, the truth about the father, the life of the father. God wants you to know him as father. My father is greater than all. Keep that verse up there. I want you to say it again with me. My father say it. My father is greater than all. Say it again. Come on. Let me hear you say it. My father is greater than all. Wherever you are in the world today, say those words. My father is greater than all. My father is greater than all. You know, years ago, there was something about being proud of your father. Kids would brag about their dads years ago. My dad is better than your dad. My dad is smarter than your dad. My dad beat up your dad when they were in cribs together. Like we come up with all sorts of ways that we would years ago. Remember, decades really ago. I I don't know how much of this goes on today. Sadly, the role of the father has been diminished in our culture. It's been dismissed, disrespected. It's been joked about, made fun of, even despised by some. The devil hates God and he hates when you know what God is really like. What is he really like? He is the father. My father, Jesus said, is greater than all. My father is greater than all. If you could understand that even though in our culture the role of the father has been in some ways successfully despised by the devil, the devil has successfully got people to be dismissive, be, as I said, disrespectful of maybe um, just kind of setting to the side the importance of a father. And that doesn't in any way diminish the importance of a mother. But Jesus goes to great lengths to say, I only do what I see the father do. I only say what I hear the father say. Me and the father, he said, I and the father are one. My father is greater than all. We live in a fatherless generation, gang. Wherever you are in the world, you probably have noticed that there aren't as many great fathers as there used to be, maybe because we we don't truly understand God as father. So much of religion paints God as an angry God, paints God as a distant deity rather than our father, our heavenly father. Why our heavenly father? Because there's nothing earthly about him, nothing limited about him, nothing worldly, nothing about him that can be limited, nothing about him that can quite be captured on this earth. The closest thing that we have to what God is like was Jesus in the earth. And the closest thing we have now 
is men who are true reflections of the father's heart, the father's life, the father's love. Sadly, there aren't enough in our world. The problems in our world stem from the lack of a father in our lives. Most of the problems, if not all. So studies have been done and these numbers fluctuate, but I give you the numbers that are as accurate as I can give you. Fifty percent of children in America will grow up in a fatherless home at some point in their lives. Fatherless children are up to five times more likely to drop out of school. Seventy five percent of people in drug abuse centers come from fatherless homes, 90 percent of homeless people are from fatherless homes. Ninety percent of runaway teens grew up in fatherless homes. Over 70 percent of teen pregnancies are. Girls from fatherless homes, over 75 percent of teen suicides come from fatherless homes. Eighty five percent of men in prison come from fatherless homes. You see, it's not a color issue, although we know that we have to deal with racial issues and equality in our world. But the issue that is destroying our cultures and the issues that are destroying the issue that is destroying our cities, our neighborhoods, limiting our churches, limiting our impact is the fatherless plague, the plague of fatherlessness. Not only are there so many orphans who literally are without a father, but so many homes that kids grow up without a father. Most people growing up can't say my father is greater than all, but you can. I can. We can say that now because our heavenly father is greater than all. My father is greater than all. I want you to think about some of the things that we're dealing with in our world, because whatever is broken in our world can be fixed. Whatever is broken in your soul can be fixed by knowing God as father. Jesus came, as I said, to show us the father, to reveal to us the father. To know God as father is to know God. To know God as father is to truly know God. You know, in mathematics, I think in math, we can really kind of draw an illustration for this. These words, these six words Jesus used or the six words that we're taking from this passage. My father is greater than all. Remember in school when there was the greater than sign. So whatever was on this side of the greater than sign, greater than whatever's on this side is less less than whatever's on this side is greater than right. Whatever we whenever we use that sign on one side is the greater than on one side is the is the smaller thing, the less thing, the thing that is less. And on the other side is the thing that is greater. And I want you to get a hold of the fact that my father is greater than all your father 
is greater than all. It's six simple words that I want you to get a hold of today. It's six words that I want you to use as spiritual warfare beginning today. It's six words that I want you to use to comfort your soul. It's six words that I want you to use to comfort the hurting, the suffering. God sent Jesus to show us the father. He sent Jesus to show us the way to the father. He sent Jesus to make a way to the father. So now through Jesus, it's not just salvation. Salvation is the most important gift to redeem us from sin and to redeem us so that we can be born again. But the greater goal of salvation is to know God as father. You know, John, Chapter 17, verse three, Jesus said, for this is eternal life, that they would know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent that eternal life here in this verse talks about knowing God, that they may know you. Know who know my father who's greater than all. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. This is eternal life. The goal of salvation is to know God as father, to have a relationship with God as father. The kingdom of God is all about a family. A church is all about family. A family is all about family. Every person on the face of this earth was born into a family. There was not there was no, no one, no human being was born without a family. Now that family might have been broken before that child entered the world. That fa- that family might have been broken after the child was entered into the world. But no one is ever born without a family. At least that's the ultimate intention for kids to grow up with family. But we've we've minimized the importance of family. We've minimized the importance of the home. We've minimized our culture is minimized and mocked the traditional father and mother and children. And yet not one of us got here without them. <laughs> not one of us got here without them. Boy, if we could get a hold of that, God's whole vision for our lives is family. God's whole vision for our lives is relationship. It's not just for you, for you to have find your purpose. It's to you can't really find your per, your purpose until you understand your personhood. Your purpose is pointless without having relationship with the one who created you. And I don't mean just a legal relationship like, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I accepted Jesus as my savior and Lord. I'm going to heaven. But God wants something better than that with you. He wants you to know him as father. My father is greater than all greater than my trials, greater than all, greater than my fears, greater than all, greater than my worries, greater than all, greater than what I'm going through, greater than all. My father is greater than all. I want to give you a few things that your father is greater than so you can go in faith and know how to live this the rest of your day, the rest of your week, the rest of your life, the rest of the rest of all eternity. Your father is greater than all. Come on, say that again. My father is greater than all. In Romans, chapter eight, verse thirty one, your father 
is greater than man. What shall we say to these things? Paul says, if God before us, who can be against us? If our father is for us, it doesn't matter who's against us because our father is greater than all. So our father is greater than man. In first John, chapter four, verse four, it says greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First John four, four greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, who's in the world, the devil. But who's in you, God, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. When you're born again, God comes to live inside of you through the Holy Spirit. And what's the Holy Spirit's job to reveal to you the father, to reveal to you his love, to reveal to you his goodness, to reveal to you his power, to reveal to you who he really is. So number one, God is greater. Your your father is greater than man. Number two, your father is greater than the devil. Number three, your father is greater than sin. I love what it says in Psalm chapter 103, verse 12. He said, as far as east is from west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us as far as east is from west. Well, how far is east from west? East and west are completely forever opposites. They will never be close. If anything, they continue to get further and further away. And as far as east is from west, so far has he who's he, our heavenly father, has removed our transgressions from us. I think it's in fact the very next verse that says the father, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, which is not a fearful word. It's, it's the word to respect him, to look to him. We look away from all else. The word fear actually comes from a word to look away from all else at only one thing. You know, when somebody's afraid of heights, they're not thinking of anything else. They're not thinking of spiders. They're not thinking about uh, being claustrophobic. If they're afraid of heights, they just they're they're focused on that one thing, the heights. So when the word is used to fear him, it means not to be afraid of him, but to look away from all else as the source of your salvation, to look away from all else and look only to him. Whoever looks to Jesus as being sent from the father, the Bible says the father, just as the father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who have turned away from looking at anything else about God except who he really is. Father, my father is greater than all. Your father is greater than all. Not only is your father greater than man, not only is your father greater than the devil, not only is your father greater than sin, but your father is greater than sickness. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, he says, God says, I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord who is talking here. Your father is talking. I, the Lord, 
am your healer. You know, the father is the healer. Jesus went about healing, doing good and healing all right. But who sent him the father? Who did he represent the father? Who did he want you to see the father? Who does he want you to meet the father? Who is he making a, a place for us, a mansion for us, a, ho- a house in heaven for so that you can be in the father's house? In my father's house are many mansions. In my father's house are many rooms in my father's house. He talks about the father. He said, I'm going back to the father and then I'll come back for you. You guys take care of business and get people to understand the father, get people to know me as father, get people to know God as father, get them to be forgiven of their sins through the blood of through my blood. And I'll be back for you guys. I'm going to sit with the father. I'm at the right hand of the father making intercession for you. I'm always there to remind the father that you are now just as much his child as I am. Not that the father forgets that father knows that at all times. But Jesus blood had to be shed because our father is perfect. He's holy. You know, being holy and being happy can be synonymous or they can be they can coexist. I think a lot of Christianity has painted God as this holy God, but not a happy God. But I want you to know your heavenly father is happy. The Bible says he laughed. He who sits in the heavens laughs. He who sits in the heavens laughs. God's happy. God is pleased. He he said to Jesus, you're my dearly loved son. And you bring me great joy. You make me happy. You. He said, you're my dearly loved son, you're my beloved, and in you I am well pleased. He's well pleased. He's happy. He's joyful. I love what the New Living Translation says. You're my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. And you know, when when you're born again, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. You know that you're you're the father's dearly loved son or daughter. And you know, you bring him great joy. That's the kind of father you have. You have you have a father who doesn't need your performance. He doesn't need you to be faithful for him to be faithful to you. He's faithful to you because that's who he is. He's faithful to you because of his faithfulness. He's not faithful to you because of your faithfulness. He's faithful to you because he's your heavenly father. He's faithful to you because that's who he is. He can't break his promise. He can't lie. He's God. He's always tells the truth. He's always for you. He's never against you. If God be for us, who can be against us? Right. That's your heavenly father. My father is greater than all. My father is greater than the devil. My father is greater than man. My father is greater than sin. My father is greater than sickness. I love what the Bible says in Philippians 419 that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, your father is greater than your need. Your father is greater than your need. Anybody have a need today? My God, my father, who's greater than all. Is he great? If he's greater than all, does that mean he's 
greater than my need. Yeah, he's greater than your need. How is he? What makes him greater than your need? Or how do we what proof do we have that he's greater than our need? He will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You say, how will that happen? I'll show you. It's not that hard. But I want you to see your father is greater than all. Say that my father is greater than all. In first John, chapter three, verse 20, your father is greater than your heart. When our heart condemns us, remember what I told you a few weeks ago, we know enough about ourselves to condemn ourselves. But God knows all things and does not condemn us. You see, your father is greater than your condemnation. Your father is greater than your shame. Your father is greater than your guilt. Your father is greater than your sins. Your father is greater than your mistakes. And he's your father, my father. Say that my father, my father is greater than all. Oh, I love these words in Romans eight twenty eight. It really comes down to this. Your father is greater than all things. He says, we know that God causes all things to work together. He doesn't cause all things, but he causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We only love him because he first loved us. The only way we can love him is because he first loved us. And so our father is greater than all things here because he causes all things to work together for good for you and for me. Well, think about that. Your father's greater than man. Your father's greater than the devil. Your father's greater than sin. Your father's greater than sickness. Your father's greater than lack. Your father's greater than your heart condemning you. Your father's greater than all things. Woo! So what can we do to experience the father and how can the father heal this world of the things that a fatherless culture is experiencing because a fatherless culture is experiencing such brokenness because life was not meant to be lived separated from your father. Life was not meant to be lived apart from your father. You know, when the prodigal son had gathered all his things and then asked for his inheritance from his father, the father gave him half of everything that he had. Half of the inheritance went to him and half the other half was was designed to go to the others, to the older son. And when the when the son was in the house of the father, he had all his needs met. He was living great. He was he had everything. Sometimes we don't realize how much we have and how good we have it until it's gone. But what made the difference was not that the father gave him his inheritance, but it's that when he left the father, when he left his father's house, that's when the downward spiral began in this young man's life. Think about that. As long as he was in the father's house, all his needs were met. But when he disconnected from his father, he became poor. He wasted his time, his money, his thoughts, his dreams. He wasted so much because of a lifestyle that was the result of being disconnected from his father. And guess what happens 
you know, when he comes home, his father says, bring the best robe, put it on my son. You see, in the father's house, everything gets better. Separate from the father, everything falls apart. This world is broken, gang. Our culture is broken. Our souls are broken because they can only be fixed by the father's love. You know, in John chapter 17, Jesus said some pretty powerful things. And I want to take you to them in verse 24. Jesus said up until now, you've asked nothing in my name, but ask John chapter 16, verse 24, ask and you will receive that your joy would be made full. You see, God wants you to have joy. God wants you to be happy. And notice how he, what he connects our happiness to or our joy here, whatever you want to call it. I, I, it's the same to me, but I know that some Christians are like happiness is different than joy, whatever. <laughs> Look at what he connects it to. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive. Ask and you what? Ask and you will receive. So he says, what will happen so that your joy may be made full? The father's goal is so much bigger than you having things. It's so much bigger than asking and receiving. The father's goal is that your joy would be full. The father's goal is that your joy isn't full because you have everything. Your joy is full because you can go to your father about everything. This is what brings joy. This is what makes your joy full. He said, until now, you've asked nothing in my name, asking you will receive that your joy would be made full. People have been people have been limited in their thinking about this verse, that it means only when you receive the things you want or the things you ask for, that's when you can have joy. No, that's not the point. The joy doesn't come from receiving the thing you ask for. The joy comes from knowing who it came from, from knowing that you have a relationship. You have access to your heavenly father. You can go to him about anything, anytime, ask anything in Jesus name. And he'll do it. And he goes on to say in verse 25, these things I've spoken to you in figurative language. An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the father. In that day, you will ask in my name and I do not say that I will request it of the father on your behalf for the father himself loves you. For the father himself loves you, for the father himself loves you. If you go back to verse 26, he says. Oh, it's a beautiful verse. He said, in that day, you'll ask in my name and I don't say to you that I'll request of the father on your behalf. If you look at um, maybe it's in the amplified version of verse 26, he says, you don't I'm not going to have to ask the father at the at that time, you will ask the father in my name. And I'm not saying that I will ask the father on your behalf, for it will not be necessary. It will be unnecessary for me to ask him for the father himself tenderly loves you. The father himself loves you. I like how the Amplified says the father himself tenderly loves you. But go back to verse 26 in the I think in the message Bible, it might say something different. And it says and there's one translation. It's it's probably the message, but we'll find it. But he says. 
you make requests. I don't make requests of the father on your behalf anymore. I won't need to because you're going to go out on a limb, commit yourself to love and trust in me, believing that I came directly from the father. For the father loves you directly. And in the I believe in the I think it's the Passion Translation, verse 26, he says, I'm not going to go to the father on your behalf for you'll be able to ask him directly. Because of your new relationship with me, I will not need to ask the father on your behalf for you can ask him directly because of your new relationship with me. So how can we experience the father and experience God as father? by going directly to him. I want you to know you can go directly to him. And if you don't mind, I'll tell you, when I go directly to him, there's a few things that I share or a few things that I. A few things that I say to him. I mean, I run out of things to say because I don't know what to say all the time. But God's given us a prayer language, a heavenly language that we can continue to pray as we don't know as we ought all the time. But one thing I do know is when I go to when I go to God, my prayer is, Father, I love you. My prayer is, Father, I thank you. And my prayer is, Father, I trust you. You know, these three prayers are the three most powerful things I could ever think of that we have access to the father to thank him, to love him, to trust him. Father, I love you. Father, I thank you. Father, I trust you. You're not going to need to ask the father. He said, I'm not going to need to ask the father on your behalf for you'll ask him directly because of your new relationship with me for the father tenderly loves you. But I want you to see this. Jesus doesn't need to go to the father on your behalf anymore. His blood was shed once and for all. It ever lives to make intercession and he ever lives to make intercession for you, which means you forever have a bridge. You forever have direct line to the father because of what Jesus did for you, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the finished work of the cross. You can go directly to the father, ask anything in Jesus name, in the name of the one who shed his blood. You go to the father. See, want to know God and experience him as father. Go directly to him. And tell him, Father, I love you because you first love me. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to make a way for me to come to you. Father, I trust you and then ask anything in Jesus name. You say, well, what if I ask for something that he doesn't want me to have? You probably won't want to have it either. You probably won't ask him for something that he doesn't want you to have because you 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 eventually lose your appetite for things that are outside of the father's interest in your life and outside of the father's desire for you. Boy, you will not have to ask God for something that you that you shouldn't be asking him for. 
because you'll never run out of something you should be asking him for. You'll never run out of the things he already said he'll do for you. He already promised that he'd do for you. You know, if you would realize the father himself tenderly loves you and Jesus doesn't need to go to the father on your behalf, but you can go directly to him. Your life, your life will change forever. When you start going directly to the father, father, I love you, father, I thank you, father, I trust you. And then ask. He said, come boldly to the throne of his grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. You know, as we close today, I just have a special request of each of you. First of all, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord, pray this with me. Just say this, Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my savior and Lord. I believe the blood of Jesus was shed for my sins so that I could be born again and be your child. In Jesus name, the most important thing of all is having a relationship with God. You just started one with that simple prayer. You just started a new relationship with Jesus. And now you can go directly to the father about anything, anytime. Congratulations. If you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus as your savior and Lord, there should be a free book available that you can download anywhere in the world. It'll be on your screen or in the or in the comments section of whatever platform that you're on. Get that. It's absolutely free. My gift to you. But before we close, it's our tradition as a church family on Father's Day, we dedicate a special offering to the fatherless. In James chapter one, verse twenty seven, it says true religion, true religion, pure religion, undefiled religion, undefiled before God and the father, the father, the father's interested in the fatherless. He said this is pure to the father to minister to the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from this world, but to minister to the fatherless and to the widows. This is what the heart of the father is. It's to rescue the fatherless who don't know God as father and to help the fatherless who didn't know a human being as their father or who were left as orphans or who were abused as children or who did not have a father that could teach them and raise them and love them the way that God intended. The father will be the father to you. The father will refather you. The father will remother you. The father will reparent you. The father will refriend you. You'll have everything you've ever needed in the father. But there are so many people that are fatherless in our culture and in our generation. There's many orphans, so many. We are focusing the special offering for children, orphans that we minister to in Haiti, in India, in Peru, in uh, Guatemala, in the Ukraine. We've got ministries that are connected to us, that we're ministering through them by supporting them and sending money to these organizations that are ministering to the orphans and to the widows. And so we we make a special point on Father's Day every year to receive a special offering for the fatherless. I'm going to ask that you do the absolute best that you can do. Maybe you gave your tithe earlier, but I'm asking for you to make a special gift for the fatherless. You really have the father's heart when you help the fatherless. And when we reach the fatherless, 
we're truly representing the father's heart. So would you take a moment and your your gifts will go towards we have a ministry in the Children's Center in, in Kiev, in the Ukraine. We have a ministry locally that we reach orphans and we provide male presence after school, biblical teaching, mentoring, educational support, stable environments is all a part of who we support and where we're connected to and partnered with. A special story of an orphan and you can see the ways to give online. A special orphan named Samuel. In our orphanage in Haiti, his father was a man who practiced voodoo. When Samuel was little, his father stuck his hand into a blazing hot charcoal fire to teach him a lesson as perverted as it was. The lesson was do not take the last handful of food. He literally punished the child for trying to take food and he put his he put his child's hand in the fire. When our team in Haiti met him, we bandaged up his hand, but his family didn't take care of the severe burn and was completely neglected. Thanks to the support of the ministry team, we were able to step in and get Samuel out of that dangerous home. And into our orphanage in Haiti, when Samuel arrived, he was afraid to even eat food. His wounds weren't just physical. Samuel had been deeply scarred by his father. But our team just continued to pour out the love of God into his precious little life. And before long, he felt like he was a part of the family, going to school, laughing, playing with the other children and eating something he was afraid to do because of the association to the pain and to the and to the fire that his father put him in. But God is refathering this child today. And there are so many others like him that we want to help God refather. And God does it through us. So make your best gift. And I thank you for the best that you can do. And I'm going to give the best I can as well. Whatever your heart moves you to. Father, thank you for each person giving and each person's generosity today. I thank you that you meet all their needs according to your riches and glory. My father is greater than all. Father, you are greater. Say that. Come on, let's say that together. My father is greater than all. My father say is greater than man. My father is greater than the devil. My father is greater than sin. My father is greater than sickness. My father is greater than guilt and condemnation. My father is greater than fear. My father is greater than my need. My father is greater than my lack. My father is greater than all things in Jesus name. Enjoy your loved ones today. Enjoy your relationships. If you're lonely, reach out to us and let us minister to you as a part of our global family with God as our father, who's greater than all. Love you guys. And we'll see you at our next service. God bless.